Richardson takes it off! A goal from the heavens for Kieran Richardson! Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland preview podcast. The lads slipped to a third defeat of the season as Charlton took a 1-0 win away from the stadium light. However, we have just beat QPR on penalties in the Carabao Cup, so we're obviously going to, I'm going to say going to Europe there, but we'll probably do it again in Europe because we are going to be winning the Carabao Cup, allegedly. However, in terms of the league form, Lee Johnson's men do have a chance to make amends this coming weekend by beating promotion rivals Rotherham United. And to discuss how difficult that could be is Matt from the New York pod. That's the New York pod. So good. I said it twice. How are you doing, mate? You all right? No, well, thanks, you. Yeah, like I say, mate, wasn't I'm literally recording in the aftermath of mm. um, the penalty win. So, yeah, I'm fine. People listening to this are probably going to think I'm, I'm on something. I promise you I'm not. <laughs> um, as I said, we're speaking in the aftermath of a, of a midweek cup game. But as this league focused, I guess we'll start from the top before we look at your cup result. Um, a hugely impressive 3-0 win over MK Dons on Saturday. That leaves you sitting in, in fifth, but you're just three points off top. How impressive were Rotherham on Saturday? Very, very impressive. Um, we all know MK Dons like to play football. That's their that's their method, their style, and we completely shut them down. They had one chance, maybe two, um, and one of them was from a set piece. So it, it was so so impressive. You don't you, you, with those type of games against you're going away from home. You say right, we'll take a point. You know, come come away, and you to, to beat them three nil and to convincingly beat them three nil. We just shut them down. They tried to play football against us. Uh, teams tend not to do well when they try to play football against them, just press them high and get at them. And that's what they tried doing. We got in the faces. Their manager didn't like it. It's overly aggressive, physical, whatever. Well, you know, it's, it's a contact sport and we will make, you know, when we're not overly aggressive. We don't get loads of red cards, but we don't, you know, we don't let people settle on the ball. Um, I was I was hugely impressed and I, maybe not surprised because I know we've got it in us. I know we, we can do that. Um, but yeah, a, a, a good result, very, very good result, and even better forms to be fair. Obviously, it's it's a massive result. Um, I think someone mentioned that you were winning on Saturday in the aftermath of me getting frustrated, and I was like, all right, well, not unexpected. And I seen who you were playing, and I thought, well, mm. well, fair enough, because let's be honest, there's not many teams that, that go to MK Dons and mm. beat them, let alone batter them. Um, on paper, and it's that easy for me to say because I don't watch your team every week, but that looks to me like your best result of the season. But but why were you so much better than them outside of what you've you've already mentioned? Yeah, it's 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 strange, isn't it? It's, it's just one of those things where I, I, it wasn't our best performance. I, I, as stupid as it sounds, we drew one one with Crew a few weeks ago, and that was his best performance. We were unbelievable. So football we played was sensational, but we didn't put ball in back at net. Um, we're starting to get everything. Everything's starting to click. Uh, we scored three goals with none of our strikers scoring goals, whereas in previous weeks, Smithy, Smithy and Gregor, I'm sure we'll talk about, they've all, they've, all been, they've all been chipping in with goals. 
Um, we've got the highest expected goals in the league. We've got the lowest shots conceded in the league. There's just everything that looks right about us at the minute. It, it took five or six games to probably get into the swing of it. Uh, we lost 4-2 to Fleetwood. And since we lost 4-2 to Fleetwood, we're eight, eight unbeaten. I think we've only considered two goals in that time, scoring a load. Um, we're, just, we're just a tough team to, pl to play against, really tough team to play against. And that's what you've got to be. And you know, we, we played Wickham last week and it was horrible. They're an ultra, ultra version of us. We're, we're not that bad, but we do that to, to an extent, but we can play some fantastic football as well. We, we, we've sort of got the best of both worlds, from my, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, if we're on his day, we will make it difficult. We might not beat everybody in the league, but we'll make it difficult for everybody in this league. And, and it feels almost like Rotherham, and I don't know if this is totally outside looking in, and if I'm going to completely offend you, I might, so I might as well say sorry in advance, all right? But it feels like Rotherham are one of those teams that do come into to League One, that came down from the Championship a few times, as I'm sure you know. Mm. And people go, yeah, they'll do all right, but no one ever says, oh, they'll win the league, they'll go second. Mm. And yet, quite often you do. Is it... Is it better for you to have like less pressure that way that people think, oh, they'll be all right. They might get in around the playoffs, but not going to trouble the automatics because not not everyone looks at Rotherham, do they? And yet mm. they seem to do it a lot. Yeah, I think it's I think it's sort of good to fly under the radar. Uh, you know, you look at other teams in the past. You look at teams like Leighton Orient and Shrewsbury. We, we end up being in playoffs. They flew out of the traps to a top of the league. Everybody's talking about them, and it sort of fell away. And you know, it didn't always it didn't always it didn't work out for them. Um, it's good to fly under the radar, and it helps for us. That we've got teams like Sunderland and Ipswich and Wigan stories interesting. You've got these bigger clubs that take the focus away from us. Um, we don't always work well with the favourite tagger. We've, we've got an issue with our home form, not a massive issue, but last time in League One, it was a big issue. We, we may have solved it, but there has been an issue with home form. So when we're favourites and teams sitting against us, it has in the past been a problem. Um, but yeah, we're rather United. We're happy to, rather United are the underdogs. That's our history as being an underdog. So it is strange when we're in runs like this. People are positive about us and complimentary, and it's not very, we're not used to that. We're not used to people being nice about us. It is a bit weird. <laughs> and I think as well, you, you know, you talk about the result, and we've, we've laboured on the result a little bit in the first four or few minutes of this podcast. But when you look at your form in general, mm. and that means you haven't lost since the 11th of September when you lost 4 2 to Fleetwood, which I'm sure wasn't a great result, but it's definitely give you a kick up the backside. You mentioned about people giving you compliments and, and feeling like people are going, well, hang on a minute, but but how positive are fans, or the fan base, should I say, feeling that you can make an, an immediate return to League One um, again? Yeah, up until the Fleetwood game, it was it was mixed, because we'd lost to Sheffield Wednesday, we'd lost to Wigan, although that was quite a well, 97th minute winner, we were very unlucky. Uh, after the Fleetwood game, the Fleetwood game was awful, we, we deserved to lose 4-2, Fleetwood tore us apart, Um and it was a concern because, you know, we don't, we're not expecting Fleetwood to be up the top of the league. So to get torn apart by them at our place was a huge worry. Uh, we then went to Lincoln on the Tuesday night and the performance upped and gradually it just got better and better. There's so much positivity around the club at the minute. Um, and it comes from, in the, in previous years, we've had a really good, so I went, I went last time in League One, we had a really good 11, 12, 13 players. The core was brilliant. A couple of injuries, we did struggle. This year, we've got a proper squad. You know, if, if Michael Smith gets injured, we've got Freddie Ildapo to come on. If Ben Wiles gets injured, we've got somebody else off bench. We've got strength in depth for, for the first time in my, my time watching Rotherham United. We have got that strength in depth. So it's, and it's, that breeds positivity. You know, we've, we've got these cup games, which I'm, which I'm sure I'll mention. We, these are all our second string team and, and they're doing really, really well. Um, 
I'm not going to say we haven't got a weakness. I'm sure we have got a weakness, but we're, we're at the minute able to stop people exploiting our weaknesses. And it's early days and it's very, very easy to get carried away. I mean, I, I saw us at the weekend say this is our best start to a league season since the 50s, which was our glory years, um, finishing in second tier. Um, but that's that's the level we're talking at now. You know, this is how good our start has been. And that's why everybody's sort of getting a little bit excited. This run of fixtures ending with you guys. We had Wickham, MK Dons and Portsmouth. We're now at the end of that. When we said at the start of it, we will know where we're going to be or you know, a good idea where we're going to be at the end of that run. Seven points from nine games out of, out of the three so far. So there's so much positivity through the club and through the players and everything else. It's, it feels really exciting. I'm having to sort of hold myself back from getting too excited because I'll not get hurt. <laughs> I, I've got that with something. I'll get excited, but immediately I get a kick directly in the bollocks. Yeah. Um, and it's always a really hard kick as well. It's never just yeah. one of those uh, gentle like jabs. Like, come on, come down. Um, we will sort of talk about tonight's result as well. Mm. Obviously, great result for some, and people will want to listen to this, what happened. Um, Rotherham again, winning with a lot of goals in the, mm. the Pat John's Trophy. And I know a lot of people like to point and laugh at it. We won it. It's quite nice when you win it. Yeah. Uh, quite nice when you go far. And it gives, I suppose it does give minutes to players. I've, I've always talked it down, but a few people have been saying stuff about it. But, but tonight, 5-0 against Man City under-21s. We're never a fan of under-21 teams. Yeah. I don't think anyone's for it. But if you're going to be anyone's under-21s, you want it to be Man City and you want it to be by a lot of goals. Was mm. the team Was the team you played tonight hugely changed or was it just a couple of changes? Yeah, huge changes. Uh, I think there was probably only two players tonight that played that will start on Saturday. Freddie Ladapo will play because Greg can't. Uh, and Richard Wood, who's just come back from a little knock. I think it was just getting minutes. We, we played a lot of youngsters. And Richard Wood, Mr. Experience, so I think he was in there to help. He came off for an hour or so. Um, but the Papa Johns, I, I don't like the under 21s, I'm sure nobody does, and covering all ground. But the competition itself, like I say, it's great for young players. We've we've must have had seven academy products on pitch tonight and still won 5 0. And we beat Doncaster 6 0 and Scunny 4 0. It's been a good competition for us so far, really useful to us. A lot that, that's all you can look for, really. If, if you if you get deep and go on to win it, we won it in 96. That's a, that's you know, that's that's a legendary team for us. Um, but all we can ask for is to get minutes on the pitch. If we go deep, fantastic. But it's really exciting that we've managed to beat these teams with definitely not our first team squad, but 100 percent definitely not what, what, what we'll see on Saturday, the starting lineup. Always that adds into the positivity that you have as well. Because I mean we beat um we beat Man United under 21s and we beat Lincoln with our our young players, shall we mm. say. I wouldn't say academy, but very young. Well, mainly academy, actually, yes. And that bred the positivity that was going through something because we thought, well, if you can beat a good Lincoln team that's got seven or eight first-teamers out, Man United, on, you know, they're under-23 mm. team, the same way that we talked about Man City. Um, does that breed positivity even more? Because you think, well, even if we have an injury crisis, we've got a, a good set of youngsters here that could potentially step in. Does that just add to the positivity around Rotherham? Absolutely, yeah, exactly. As as the short term positivity and the long term positivity, we've never been a club that's had academy products, and we're starting to get them. And this has given them extra minutes. Um, and it's always nice to win games. Like we won six nil, four nil, and five nil in the three Papa John's Trophy games. If you're going to win games, that's how, that's how you do it. Um, you get goals. You don't concede many. Sorry, before one to Scunthorpe. Sorry. Um, it's just you've got to use every game you can, even if it's behind closed door games in a film match. I'm sure you know winning that, winning that, you know, winning that game breeds confidence. Um, it's all about winning. As, as some will know, with their, with their league cup run, that those wins are only positives because you win, get in that mentality that right, we're going to win these games, and it can only breed positivity from my point of view. 
Yeah, it can be huge. I mean, obviously, Saturday for us was really disappointing, but mm. everyone will hear that the buzz I've got because we've just won on penalties in a competition yeah. that, in all seriousness, we're not likely to win. I hope that bites me in the arse and we do, but <laughs> we do have Chelsea and Arsenal to get past potentially. So um, <laughs> one thing I find quite interesting about Rotherham, managers don't tend to stick around very long. Mm. When I was young, it was a little bit different. We had Peter Reid for seven years. Since then, it's fair to say we've had one or two managers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paul Warren's been there coming up It'll be coming up six years, I think. Mm. Now, football can be a very short-term business. It can change a little bit the lower you go down the leagues. But even in League One, you'll tend to find the clubs have a plan. They want to be in a certain place at a certain time. Rotherham have been up, they've been down, they've been up, they've been down. You've stuck with Paul One nonetheless. What are the benefits of staying with the, the likes of Paul One? And, and how do you how do you feel about him currently at the moment and what he brings mm. to the club? Yeah, all I can say about Paul Warren to start with is he's a legend. He's a Rotherham legend, 200 plus games as a player. Uh, as a player, a fitness coach, and a manager, he's got a combined six promotions with the club. So, you know, he's, he's a, a record breaker in that sense. Um, if he goes up again, he'll be the most promotions as a manager ever, which we're all very hopeful for. Um, the benefits of sticking with him is, is what we're seeing now. If, if we'd have changed our manager in summer, which, you know, he talked himself, he, he might have left in the summer. Uh, just for a break from the game, if we'd have brought in a new manager, we'd have seen over massive changes. You know, you'd be talking 10 to 15 signs probably because a new manager would rightly want to bring in his own players to do his own style. And we've not seen that. You know, we, we lost Matt Crooks to Middlesbrough and the only other player was Matt Alessandri who went to Preston who didn't end up playing for the last 15 games last season. So we haven't actually lost anybody, you know, we, we, other than Loney's as well. We're set, you know, the, the players that are playing now, most of the players last season, so they didn't take much time, obviously, other than, you know, getting up to speed in fitness-wise. But I think that's why we've started as well as we have, is because they just know each other. You know, Smith, Smith's been here forever. Woody and Ikwe in defence have been here forever. You know, we, we've got that solidity and that style together, and we've not changed information. We, we switched to 3-5-2 in about January last year, December, January last year, and we're still sticking with 3-5-2. It suits the players we've got. There's a clear plan, you know, idea under one to get youngish players in hungry players who want to play football and then improve them if it means moving them on like we've been with Matt Crooks and Will Volks and semi Jive, you know fantastic for them we, we get the money they've they've improved their careers and earning a load more money win-win if they're successful we're successful that, that's the idea behind it I think last season we could talk about last season for about a month we were, we were in certain circumstances with Covid and other things which cost us yeah, we didn't manage our situation as well as we could have done, but there were, you know, other things that hurt us as well. Um, and I, I think that's helped bring the players together because of how harshly we felt we were dealt with last year. It, it can only bring the players together. They look like such a strong group. You know, they were always together. When Bar Dan Barley made a mistake against Portsmouth, straight away everybody around and rallying, and then two minutes later we were almost four one up. It's that is that type of group that we've got together. And Paul Warren. He's just a great guy. He's a, he's a good human being, as he as to use his phrase. Uh, we've, I feel very lucky to have him. I love him. I think he's a, he's a legend of the club. Uh, and the longer he stays with us, the better position I think we'll be in. Would it be a case of devil's advocate, so you don't go up this season? Mm. Would his job still be relatively safe because of he's he's standing in the in the um, with the fans? It depends if, if we you know if we, if we got to playoff final and lost, for example, or semi final, just missed out on playoffs. I think it probably would. You know, if we if we for some reason end up finishing fourteenth, fifteenth, and it mm. petered away, and, and there were some you know looking like some problems, 
then I would question it. You know, I'm not one of these that says, right, is he here forever no matter what? There's got to be a, a progress towards the club. You know, he's got to be putting us in the right direction. And in these, whatever it's been, five or six years he's been here, he, he's always seemed to be taking us in the right direction. There's obviously odd moments, but he has always took us in the right moment, in the right, right direction so far. So it, that's the key thing. Where are we going? And at the minute, it looks like we're going in the right direction. I think the thing with Warren as well is, yes, he's got a couple of relegations on his CV. Obviously, one last year. Mm. But for a club like Rotherham, I mean, it's in the best possible sense. Sometimes going down with the budget that you have, the size of the club that you have and who you can attract, sometimes just being able to fight like you did last season and take it to the last day, that's still a sign of progress, isn't it, in a way? Yeah, exactly. The last time we went down, we were, we were done by the second or third game um, to go on in last season. Bearing in mind the circumstances, to take it to the last three minutes or whatever it were, was was good. You know, it, it, the players did well. Uh, we, we were just missed a little bit of quality. We, we, we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And that's what sent us down. We, we lost something like 18 games by one goal. That's going to get you relegated, unfortunately. You know, you need to score goals, as obvious as that sounds. Um, in my head, it'll come right eventually. If we keep yo-yoing, eventually you're going to get it right in terms of the players you have. You get the right setup and the right core. Somebody's going to have a good season. Because in the championship, all you really need to do is stop at one season, steady it, and then you can build on it a little bit. You don't need to build massively. You only need the odd player in the championship. The, the gap between the top six and the rest of the championship is so small. It's so small. It's just that tiny bit of quality at top of the pitch. But that's what you pay the big bucks for. I suppose we haven't got that yet. Yeah, strikers cost money. Good defenders cost a lot of money. And for some reason, the championship's gone like astronomical over the past oh. few years, isn't it? So uh, maybe League One is the best place to be after all. No, I'm sure we both <laughs> disagree with that. Um, you mentioned before, I think it's fair to say that you have got the UEO a little bit, a bit of the Norwich without mm. the kind of, I think Norwich. We've got more of a fight than them. <laughs> yes, I think Norwich have this idea where they're not going to spend money. I think you use one mm. if you could, probably. Yeah. And I think, but naturally, the yo-yo tag you mentioned probably the best way to be. And we've suddenly just been like that. West Brom, mm. no inside out. There's clubs like that. So when you come down and you think, right, we're going to go back up and there's every bit chance you could. And I'm asking you a question in October, mm. almost November, which might not be answerable. But on the day that we're speaking, the here and now, how confident are you that things will be different if you end up this time and, and why? I think the squad that we've got now is, 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 is as good as the one that got relegated. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Crooks left us, and he, he is a blow, but now we, we, what, it's, what that's enabled is Ben Wiles, who is our young central midfielder, to play further forward. It, we're asking him to do a few, few different roles last time. And now Ben Wiles can go further forward. I think he's overall a better, better player than Matt Crooks, but doesn't score the goals yet, but he's still a kid. So if we were to go up, we've got a, we've got a stronger base to build on than last time we went up. Um, the question Michael Smith had a contract in the summer so if Michael Smith went that's then an issue because how do you replace someone like Michael Smith you know he, he right now would if he's in three years on his contract we're talking millions and millions of pounds for that type of striker so it's not as easy as just replacing him um, yeah I, I don't see why not you know we, we were so close last time um, and we were so close having not much money spent because of the COVID situation all the promotion money we had it had to go on the cost of the running the club we spent a little bit, but we couldn't spend as much money as we wanted to because we had to make sure the club was sustainable. Oh, it was a disaster in, in many ways, wasn't it? For a club of any size, it was... Yeah. Even for a club with like us, who's meant to have mm. you know a, a decent bankroll at this level, at least be safe, I think it wasn't yeah. necessarily great for us either. Um, so, exactly. you know, teams like Wotherham, 
dare I say it, Wickham, who shouldn't have been promoted anyway, but we'll take that on the chin. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from with it. And I think sometimes you forget that there was a season where you got told you were getting promoted and then you're mm. like, all right, okay, let's get things in order. And you got told no fans coming in. And yeah. at this level, a lot of clubs depend on that. Um, an awful lot. It costs us having no home fans as well. Having no home fans in championship, it can be a fortress New York. And not having that definitely hurt us as well. And it's a, a close ground for a lot of people to get to as well. And I mm. always say this, we've moved our away fans up to the top in the gods yeah. when I was younger, which makes me feel terribly old now. Um, they used to be next to us. Nice to think the atmosphere was slightly better when you had a lot of away fans and mm. a lot of home fans. And you obviously would get your big followers would come up in the championship and stuff like that. And it aids to a good atmosphere. And yeah, definitely. 100%. I think we all seen what last season was like with no fans and it was awful. Yeah, that's <laughs> trying to think idea. of the best word, but it's the best <laughs> word I could use. Um, one of the players that are here, you can mm. probably see where I'm going to go here because <laughs> if we're talking about strikers, you can see which avenue I'm going to go down yeah. for. First and foremost, obviously, I'm fully aware that Daniel Barlas, a good player, mm. Newcastle through and through. So I'm looking through your strikers and I'm thinking... Right, okay. Michael Smith doing really, really well. Nine goals, a few assists there as well. He's been there a couple of seasons and doing really well. Then I noticed his place of birth was Wall's End. Um, are we coming up against two mags that died in the wall black and whites on Saturday? Yes. Yeah, uh, Michael Smith Fabulous. has got a bet with uh, our assistant manager. He's not, if he gets 25 goals, he'll get an Alan Shearer shirt that, Richard, that our assistant manager got off. Alan Shearer. So that's the type of player you're coming up against. <laughs> I hope he has an absolute stinker. And if you are listening to something, fans, and going on Saturday, give him hell. Um, <laughs> but he's doing quite well, isn't he? He's had a good start this season, a very good start. Very, very good start. We signed him, what, three, four years ago? Something like that. Uh, from Bury. He was on the bench at Bury. Uh, weird career. He's had a weird career. Started very Darling, weird. Charlton, yeah. Lonester, Stanley, Newport. Yeah. Been everywhere, hasn't he? Pretty much, yes. he's, he's settled at Rotherham for the past three, four years. It looks a different player when we signed him. He, his first touch was bang average. He was a target man. That was it. He couldn't do much else. Now he can do everything. He can do almost everything, apart from apart from pace, which you can't. They can't learn that. He's he's still strong. He can he can hold the ball up. He's into play with other players. He's brilliant. He can now finish. Uh, and there's all different types of finish. He'll score headers. He'll score volleys. Outside of the box, tap ins, back heels a few weeks ago. He's such a diff difficult player to stop, and it, it, that we and, and I don't want to give too much credit to the to the club, but the, although they do deserve it, all the credit's got to go to Michael Smith. The hard work he's put in, and we we, we he got promoted to the playoffs in 2018 with us, and I rewatched it a couple of, in, in lockdown, and the player he was in 2018 to now is unbelievable. I can't believe it's the same person. He's, he's improved so much. And only he deserves the credit for willing to put the hard yards in. And he's now getting his reward by banging in loads of goals. And yeah, he's, he's, he's not far off our top, top scorer this century. That, that's how we, Mark much has improved and he might move on. And if he does, genuinely wish all the luck to him because he deserves all, all the luck he, he can get because he has been superb for us in the last couple of years. And next to him, obviously, he can't play on Saturday. But there's a bloke that that we know a little bit about. We might have paid a little bit of money for him as well. And I'm not mm. talking about Freddie Ladapo because I'm sure some fans know about him as well. Um, but Will Grigg, mm. so two league goals in about eight or nine games, three in the Papa Johns. He started. He started all right at Rotherham. Um, yeah. And I don't know really what it is, but Will Gregg is probably the worst striker I've ever seen at Sunderland. Um, <laughs> and I don't know whose fault it is. Probably Will Gregg's. But at the same time, 
he's done all right elsewhere. So have mm. you got the Wigan version of Will Grigg or have you got the Sunderland version or have you got something in between? It seems close to the Wigan one. Um, he looks, I would say he looks deadly in front of goal. You can tell he's not played properly for a while. He's, he's still a little bit rusty. Um, but the most impressive thing about him so far has been his work rate. And that might be a surprise to Sunderland fans, but his work rate has been sensational. Even my, my, my jaw just dropped, as you said. <laughs> People obviously won't see that because it's an audio <laughs> podcast, but I literally my jaw just fell on the floor then. I was like, he's done what? <laughs> <laughs> it completes it. We're, we're a high-pressing team. We like to press at the team, and Michael Smith is the spearhead of that. But Will Griggs done that as well. He's, he's, he'll press the, la- press the last defender. You also see him come back if 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 he needs to chase ball to the left back position, you'll see him back there. I don't know why. I don't know why he's suddenly doing it for us. And tonight in the, in the Papa John's Trophy, he was one of the few senior players on the pitch, and you could see him organising the youngsters. He, he, he was just, he was acting as a senior player, uh, and that's obviously a thirty year old guy who's played tons and tons of games. It's a really important player, uh, really important role he's playing for the team, and he's getting his goals thankfully. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I can't find much to complain about him. Yeah, <laughs> we had a M- MK Dons. Obviously, had him last year, and we, we mm. had the MK Dons preview, and they said relatively similar. I think, it, in truth, we're laughing about it, but I think some some moves just don't work out. And I think, yeah, I'm not going to labour on that Netflix documentary, but we've all seen it. We can all see that wasn't the most well thought out transfer, and it's. I think it's come to show that uh, you know it's he's mm. not done too well. So I, I think my question to you would be, is he going to be a myth for Rotherham on Saturday? Then would you class him as someone that, you know, you, you wish was playing? Yeah, I, I do. I definitely wish we were playing. The, he's the, he, the difference between him and Freddie Ladapo is work rate. That is the only difference, really. Freddie is a is a top top class striker. He'll put the ball in the back of the net. I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I'm still like, what? Freddie's <laughs> <laughs> um, work, work rate is, is below par. But Freddie scored on Saturday. Freddie came on for Grig on Saturday and scored a goal. And what I will say about Freddie is he's very, very streaky. If he'll not, he only scored, he scored on opening day. He's now scored on against MK Dons. He will score four or five goals in four or five games. So maybe it's a good time that Grid can't play because Freddie can come in and hopefully have that streaky little run. Um, it depends on where if, if it doesn't work, then Grid will be a huge miss. But if he works, then we'll hopefully not notice the difference really. Moving on to Sunderland, obviously. Probably mm. my favourite part of any podcast is getting the opinion of, of Sunderland because it can vary so widely. Um, we're just above you. Obviously, mm. you've played one more game than us. Uh, we've won nine, drew one, lost three. You're eight, three, three, 14 games, we're 13 games. So a win on Saturday puts you above us. But then, of course, we can leapfrog mm. you again if, if we beat Sheffield Wednesday on the Tuesday. So very similar in form, very similar in our ambitions, I think, as teams this season. Sunderland have looked a different side this season, take out that defeat on Saturday. But what have you made of Sunderland start from the outside looking in? Uh, very impressed. Very, very impressed. Uh, I said the same with Wigan at the start of the season. That I think the recruitment has been decent for both of you. I, I said about Ipswich, but we'll ignore that. Um, <laughs> Too you, many. You're not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not spending like three million quid on just one striker or you're not just getting people in from the championship because they played in the championship. There seems a lot more joined up thinking. People, Wigan seem to have learned from your mistakes and sort of obviously you're learning from your mistakes as well, that you've got to get League One players in. That The, the way to get our League One is to get League One players in. You know, you know, you're all right, you get a bit of experience from above, but you need to have that core of people who know the league and know how to get try and get out of the league. Uh, and that's a concern for me. You know, if, if Sunderland can get the right players in, Sunderland can attract anybody in League One. Let's be fair about it. You know, they, they can attract literally anybody. So if, they, if the recruitment's right, 
there's no real excuse for not getting promoted because you can attract, you should be able to attract the best players and you can attract the best players. I know other clubs are throwing more money around probably now, but it's it's a good place to be. It's, you know, it's, it seems like a good time to be at Sunderland, um, which is a concern for us. This, this league's as competitive as it's been in a while. So you've been down for a few years. We've been in League One a lot. It's a ridiculously competitive league this year. And Sunderland are right up there as one of the concerns for me as, as promotion contenders. We've spoke about your strikers. I think a few people, when I've asked this question, have mentioned Ross Stewart, but obviously always interested to see which players from the outside look and then have, have impressed you as well. Ross Stewart is the one with the goals, but is anyone outside of Ross that is that you've looked at and thought, well, he could cause a few problems on Saturday? There isn't any in particular. I'm just impressed with it. It just seems you've got a solid team. You talk about Lee Johnson as well. Again, somebody else who knows the league. I know he didn't get promoted with Barnsley, but he was a massive reason he got Barnsley promoted. He's the right man at the right time. You know, it's what you what you tend to see with people like this. He'll bring in players. I'd never heard of Ross Stewart before this season, and he'll get these type of players in. Who you think? Oh, I've never heard of him before. But then they do really, really well. Um, it just seems. It just seems a bit of a perfect storm. It might not be. I mean, we might all, you know, we might be ninth and tenth buddies in, in May. Yes. But it seems right now that we're two from the out from other clubs should be scared of teams like us at the minute, and that's how it sort of feels. It should be at the minute anyway. It, it feels like a big game, and and when I was writing, mm. obviously the the introduction for this, and I said, you know, a chance to make amends from the defeat on Saturday, it would be a big chance because obviously mm. we win, we go four points clear of, of you in fifth and I think genuinely see you as a relegation, mm. eh, relegation there, eh, promotion <laughs> candidates, I can't decide. We, 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 promotion relegation is all the same, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but of course, big, big thing that I always ask, which I never, ever get right, I think I've got two right or five right in the past season and a half predictions. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to predict the Sunland win because I've done it a few times this season when I felt like we we're going to win and I'm getting it wrong. And it's only been the, the twice, I think, Portsmouth and, and Charlton. I think it'll be a good game, but I, I can't see either team winning. I think it's a tough game for both of us and I think there's a potential that it could be tough and ultimately very boring because we cancel each other out. Um, so mm. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a 1-1. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go, I'll go on one as well. Yeah, it, it, our home forms past you as I mentioned earlier. It's this is probably. I know we we have got a local derbyshire for Wednesday. Other than that, this is the biggest game of the season, as I'm sure some of this for everybody. But to take into account the promotion picture as well, this is a this is a blockbuster game. Really, you know, we've got we've got a full house. Two teams are in a good little bit of form. Obviously, I know you lost last game, but still still in a good run of form. Um, we don't concede many. Which is a positive for us, but we, you know, but our home form again is is a, is a massive concern to me. Um, I would, I would take a one-one. I said that against Portsmouth, we beat them four-one though. So again, my predictions have been horrendous this season as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I would take a one-one, which is maybe seen as a negative. So forgive me, Sunderland fans, if you think that is. But I think I would take a one-one as long as we beat Sheffield on the Tuesday. I think I'll definitely take that. But um, yeah, but Matt, great to speak. Great for you to join me. Um, People on the tour will always be interested to hear the Rotherham viewpoint after the game as well. Um, hopefully, you'll join us on Saturday. But if if not, in terms of uh, your podcast, where can people find your stuff? Uh, yeah, so we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, IFC underscore pod on Twitter, uh, New York Talk on YouTube. We're on the iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can find some podcasts. Our preview show will be out before the weekend and we'll, re- we'll review it on the Monday. So you'll be able to find it fancy listening to us. Perfect. Matt, thanks very much. And thanks for listening and um, subscribe and that if you want. It's all right if you don't. 